Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And I'm making Jane talk about sex today. <laughs> making me jane says i've got nothing to say on this i'm like yes you do yeah i do actually i've got a lot to say she's got plenty to say and you know you've worked with thousands of people you know, i do and you've seen a lot of ways in which sex can sabotage relationships before they've even started let alone when people are in them and the kinds of patterns we fall into with this stuff actually it was interesting one point i was contemplating whether i started to match make on people's sex drives Oh, Jane, there's a TV <laughs> show in that, I'm sure. <laughs> it would be. That would be a number one. <laughs> Producers, are you paying attention? <laughs> you can reach Jane at janedonovan.no. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we're going to start with, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about why I think it's so important to talk about sex in this day and age because I believe that we have forgotten what sex is in the same way that we've forgotten what real food is in the same way that we've forgotten how to listen to our inner voices and teach that to our children, in the same way that we are so disconnected from our natural environment, we're always on freeways, we're always in houses, we're surrounded by chemicals and asbestos and all kinds of just constantly interfer- interferences that get in the way of our natural tuning in little antennas that, that our ancestors had and which they wrote about. And they wrote about them in sacred texts. And they wrote about sacred sex. And they wrote about Kundalini. And they wrote about Tantra. And they wrote, um, the, uh, Indian, losing my mind, Jane, it's called the, 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 the Karma Sutra. Yes. Which is still like a bestseller. And it's been for like centuries. Everybody wants to know what is the secrets of the Karma Sutra. And really, they're not that, they're not that hard. I mean, yes, there's pages of very tricky, difficult sex positions. And that is not what it is about at all. It is about connection. It's about connection in a way that some people in their whole lifetime will never even achieve, and they can have as much sex as they want. It's heart-to-heart connection, isn't it, Jane? And it's about knowing how to show vulnerability. It's about communication, and it's about allowing somebody else into your space, and I'm talking emotional space. I'm talking energetic and spiritual space. Physical is actually easy. It's actually a piece of cake, and that's why anyone can run around and be the village bicycle to be completely crude about this. Um, and why being the village bicycle will never get you closer to divine truth because you're looking and looking and looking and looking for love, and what are you getting? Yeah. Jane, what the are one, you getting? You're getting the one-night stand and a bit of oxytocin bonding. I feel that sexual compatibility is something that – or incompatibility that causes a lot of relationships to break up. And I'm questioning whether they actually do need to break up, that with more tools, if they could grow to be sexually compatible. So we've got the person who wants sex, who's got a really super high sex drive, and we've got the frigid person who are now in a relationship together. And how did they get there? Because they were in people-pleasing mode initially. And then they get to the marriage, which we touched on in our last podcast, where we talked about if there's a problem beforehand, it's going to be heightened and enhanced in a marriage or in a a living together relationship. So the person that is got this so-called high sex drive is possibly could even have a sex addiction, but it is often about the physical act and not actually about making love. It's not actually about the connection. And so it's all about a performance. 
And the frigid person is often the person who, well, there's many reasons for frigidity. Is it even a word we're allowed to say? It's a bit of a taboo word from what I understand. Well, it was such a label. You know, you can get accused of when you're 16 years old and because you don't want to have sex and you don't feel ready to have sex yet, whether for the first time or whether with this particular person, you'll get labelled, oh, you're frigid. And so it has got a really Mm, bad connotation. Bad connotations. So let's say somebody who's got a, a low or virtually non-existent sex drive. So what can you do in this scenario? Look, one of the things is that we do have, oh, this is, this is touchy. We've got a lot of men that are not very finessed at the art of making love, that they don't know how to do it. Now, I read something just yesterday on Facebook, um, Facebook, you know, that source of all wisdom and information <laughs> that we have. It's Wikipedia and Facebook, really, isn't it? Close down the schools. We've got everything we need. Well, I don't know. I like to say I went to the University of Google. Yeah, it's all of that. <laughs> so somebody, it's actually a friend of mine who's very into all of these uh, co- concepts, techniques, the, the, the tantra, you know, the sacred sex. She wrote um, a post which is taken from ancient knowledge, the way that certain ancient cultures used to induct and indoctrinate their young people with sex and what they would do was they would very carefully match the boys usually 16 kind of an age with older much older women and the girls same age with much older men men who were so far past their sexual peak and almost into their I wouldn't say downhill because there never needs to be a downhill decline really if you're fit and healthy but Men who all the urgency's gone, all of the almost fanatical, like, must have, must do, orgasm being like the point of it all, like, all of that is, they are in such a relaxed place that they're very easy, slow, patient, understanding lovers. And they were able to show the girls how to relax into it, how to give them all the time they needed to find their bodies, to talk about what turned them on, etc. Whereas on the other hand, the, the older women were showing the boys how to pleasure themselves and another woman also at a deeper level than wow. just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Now, wouldn't you like to, to wow. see one of those societies, how that would have worked really, Jane, because you'd have, I would imagine, a large, I mean, a population largely of really highly functioning, sexually functioning people. Yes. Yeah. More power <laughs> I'm processing that. That's, that's uh yeah. Fascinating. It is fascinating. That's fascinating. And how it? much have we lost in that regard? Well, where we have. we have children teaching children using the internet to learn how to be intimate, right? Yep. And all the dark yep. paths that open up yep. in that regard. And the damaged adults who've been through the harrowing teenagehoods of fumbling around parties, drunken corners, this and that, bit of sexual abuse, what is it, one in three, we're, we're coming at this stuff with so much baggage by the time we get to our husband or wife. Well, let's add into it the Catholic guilt. Or gay lover or partner. Please go on. <laughs> Catholics. The Catholic guilt. The church. <laughs> the church that will tell us that, you know, sex before marriage or masturbation, you're going to go blind. Well, my Italian girlfriend. And that girlfriends, it's a dirty, naughty thing to do. My Italian girlfriends are always told to hide their breasts. Put your breasts away. It's like they weren't allowed to have breasts, you know, cover up, strap them in. Can't you do something about that? Stop pushing them into our faces. Bind them. Yeah. Bind them. Yeah. Sad, isn't it? So, yeah, there is so much dysfunctional behavior going on. And it's something that we don't have the conversations about. And there's a sense of guilt associated with if you're not a good lover. It's a sense of guilt if, if a man doesn't know how to please a woman. There's a sense of guilt if the woman doesn't, isn't able to reach orgasm. And so much head stuff goes on in here. Now I'm trying desperately to think there's two fantastic 
One's an author. There's a female. Oh, I'm going to have to find this. I've got this book at home, which I will find and get it put on our Facebook page. Um, that is all about good girls can have bad girl sex. Something along those titles. And it is a fabulous book that teaches women that it's okay to be a good wife and a good woman that you can get down and dirty in the bedroom. And it's so much in their head of letting them play out fantasies and letting them... It's, did someone just say Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> <laughs> permission. Permission to be kinky or to be, uh, like you're saying, it's like when you put the mask on and you step outside of yourself and that word play is such a fantastic word, play and fantasy and imagination, which children do so well and is shut down in adults. That's right. Mm. I also like when you touched on earlier about vulnerability. Yeah. Now, that is another thing that we have huge fears of vulnerable. If you know, I can't have an orgasm because when I have an orgasm, I get hot and sweaty and I, my face contorts into weird, weird ways. And, and I'm not very attractive when that happens. And I don't want anyone to see that. I can't believe people are thinking that, but I believe, I believe Oh, yeah, you. yeah. Of I course. Just, absolutely. Absolutely. Women's and body I will issues only, have gone absolutely, too far. <laughs> absolutely. All right, well, let's go to the vagina that it's ugly yeah. and it's horrible and it smells and it tastes like fish. Now, there is a fantastic website out called the Large Labia Project. Put that into your Google bar when you're not at work. And it's <laughs> basically, work, morning, morning. it's basically women from all over the place who are going into the bathroom, sitting down with a mirror and their iPhone and their genitals and they're uploading them so that Women can see from other women what vaginas look like because they are the most hidden piece of anatomy. Like it's fantastic. Men I didn't know about that. You, you look at you pass statues in the street and there's penises at eye level. We know what a penis is. It's so external, and we know that women are so internal. But even you know, and we know that in porn, all of these women are having this labiaplasty surgery, and then young girls and people are taking their daughters in, and women are going in because they're saying, "My lips don't look like those lips. Those lips are clean, and they're pink, and they're all tucked in, and mine are big, and they hang out, and they're wrinkly, and they're different colours." And when you go on this website, Large Labia Project, you see actually this is what real vaginas look like. We need to get real about this, and so people will be squirming as I say this. People will be embarrassed. There is so much stigma left over from the fifties Victorian era, even the sixties. You know, where our mothers never gave us a mirror and said, "Go into the bathroom and look between your legs," and they never explained to us our anatomy properly because they didn't know. My mother, I had to teach my mother when I was a teenager, and I was getting the anatomy books that you don't wee out of your vagina. She didn't know that. Wow, you know. I can understand that. Yeah. yeah, I can well understand that. It is so important. It, it, masturbation. How can we? How can we communicate with a partner what pleases us if we don't know ourselves? I think it's so important that children are taught to masturbate, to know what feels good. I was actually about to tell a story about my child, and then I thought, no, I better not do that. <laughs> she it's will kill you. <laughs> she will kill me. So no, that's her story to tell. No. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> um. So. Knowing how to please ourselves, it is okay that there is nothing off limits here. So we've got that. Then we've got the thing of sex is, is dirty or, or the smell of a vagina or the smell of or taste of semen that, you know, this is yucky and we don't want to go there. If you have a shower just before having sex, if it makes you feel better, have a breath, and it gives you, if it gives you the confidence that you need to be able to relax because this is so much about both partners truly relaxing, being very gentle, getting into each other's energy with love, 
this heart chakra opening up and being about connection and pleasing of each other, of giving and receiving in a balanced, beautiful way. Yeah, because no time limits. It's an exchange of energy and it's got to be a balanced exchange it of energy. It is. It is. Now, you actually, Becca, I'm going to ask you, you'd be the girl to know, but I, I remember reading something vaguely about orgasm is connecting you to higher chakras. Oh, of course. So do you want to share a bit about that? Oh, my God. I haven't even, just a minute, I've got to go back to a minute ago when you're just talking about kids with masturbation. Let me finish on that and then we'll go spiritual okay. because this is, again, a really important topic and there's two things I want to say about this. The first thing is I've got um, a friend, uh, she's a single mum, and her little five-year-old girl um, masturbates and I love this mum's take on it because her, her mum's very open to her and she'll, she'll catch her rubbing herself on a blanket or something and, you know, watching TV and she'll say, that feels good, doesn't it? It feels good. And then she'll say to her, you know, that's okay. It's, it's, that's good. But she says it's something, you know, that you do by yourself. It's something that you can go to your room and do that, but you don't let other people see. And, you know, if anybody else ever does that to you, come and tell me. So it's, we can have these conversations really light, really easy. Just let the kids know, you know, just, just a gentle chat. Just that it's not dirty and it's not something to be, I mean, it's not something to be publicly done, but it, it, it isn't a dirty secret to be hidden. That's right. And I've got another friend, mother of a, of a girl, almost the same age, four year old girl. And the reaction's totally get different. She's, take your hand off there. Don't do that. Don't you have any shame? Oh, she's got no problem. Oh, and shame, I'm thinking, that word shame. It is. And it's, it's, it's that whole, um, it's just going in at such a deep level, at, right from such a very young age that it's not okay to own your own sexuality and to be at one with your body and to know how your own body functions and then how to be able to tell a partner. If you're, if you have a partner later in life who, who is a, such a beautiful person that they'll say things to you like, what do you like? Yes. What, what can I do that you enjoy? Do you even know how to answer them? That's right. You need to know how to answer them. The second thing I was just going to say about kids is, because I do a lot of work in um, high schools with teens, and recently a high school approached us and they they said, look, we're really, we don't really want this kind of self-development bizzo. We really need some sex ed because we've got a lot of problems going on with the boys and girls in the schoolyard. I'm like, hello? <laughs> like is me, that not one and the same? Me and the group, were, basically our response was, you, you don't understand. These kids don't need an anatomy class. They learned it on Google when they were nine. These kids need self-love instruction so they know how to honour their inner goddess or inner god and then come to a point of not being abused and vilified and all this stuff that goes back and forth in the schoolyard and on Facebook and on text, all this, the cyberbullying, the cyber sexting, texting, all of this stuff that they're, they're falling into because I'm sounding like such a parent now, but you've seen those music videos. I mean, the, 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 20,000 commercials our kids are watching every single year and a high, high percentage of which of all of those images are scantily clad adolescent models is going into their brains and teaching them that the more skin exposed, the higher your worth, the sluttier or looser you are, the better your chance with the opposite sex, hence external validation. Absolutely. It's bullshit. I'm so angry about it. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Okay. Spirituality. Yes, Jane. Well, look, I, well, I'm just, I remember reading and exploring energy centers, chakras. So energy centers through the bodies. If people are not familiar with chakras, Beck will give a much better explanation than I can. And that through the process of orgasm, we connect to higher wisdom, higher connection, higher vibration, a more loving divine presence. And this is the gift that we give to ourselves and to our partners when we connect in a loving way. But it has to be something that is open and not 
and and also not the end goal you know this this orgasm is so the prize and it's not the prize. We're just so unoriginal and uneducated and about absolutely. it. We just think and that you know, sex is orgasm and I, it's not at I all. I feel myself when I know that I, you know, I really can't be bothered having sex. I'm tired. I've got a million other things I'd want to do. But I know that if I can adjust my mindset and relax and enjoy the time with my husband, even if there is no orgasm for me, the closeness that I feel to him, despite whether you reach the big O or not, is the gift. It is beautiful. And so it doesn't always have to be about this this big O. No. And in fact, the tantric traditions will tell you it's not about orgasm at all, at all, at all, at all, at all. And in fact, what sex is when it's done properly is a gateway to higher consciousness. It's it's transcending. It's it's another way. You can use meditation. There's lots of things you can use to get there. And sex is one way that you can access higher realms and higher awakenings, epiphanies, higher states, higher vibrations when it's done properly. So in the ancient world, we had the mystery schools and we had sex magic, which was taught in Egypt and in Babylon by the snake priestesses, the temple prostitutes, the Isis cult followers. And they actually, the the, the lost text and the channel text will say that Mary Magdalene, for example, was schooled in Isis sex magic, which is why she got such a hard rap in the Bible. They called her a prostitute. They called Eve a snake because snakes and sex magic were to do with the goddess power of the ancient world, okay, which obviously terrified the hell out of men at some point. Fascinating. Okay. So, and, and again, if you go back to your, if you want the uh, the crash course, just go to Dan, Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code for all this because it does show how, you know, women were put on the outer through much of history because of their sex being perceived as so dangerous. And, and again, because the vagina and all of the inner workings are so hidden, they're the darker mysteries. And the men had no idea what was going on up there or in there or around there. All they knew was that women were the holders of creation. Women birth the new, you know, Mother Earth and all of those ideas around fertility and new beginnings and new life. And women hold that power. It's men's job to protect and safeguard and nurture that power. Okay, but our roles have been very, very lost and confused and, mu and confused and muddied, obviously, in the centuries gone by. So when we get back to the tenets of ancient sex teachings, um, okay, so they are about, um, as Jane's talking about meridians, she's talking about chakras. So we've got, um, I mean, look, the body's absolutely covered in chakras, but for everyone's main intents and purposes, we, we go with the, the traditional seven. The root chakra being the one of most people's point of interest because it's between the legs and it's red. It's tribal, it's roots, it's sex, it's groundedness, it's all of those things. But if you can have sex using all seven chakras, like as they talk in, is it the Bible? They talk about the dance of the seven veils, yes. which is all the analogies for these things. It's, it's different access points and entry points. So, for example, can you use your orange chakra to have sex? Creativity. Can you use your yellow chakra to have sex, which is self-worth? You know, can you use your heart chakra to have sex? Well, I bloody hope so. Can you use your throat chakra to communicate when you have sex? Can you use your third eye and your higher, higher intuition, sixth and seventh chakras to bring to the lovemaking, to take it into that transcendent, amazing place? And to that end, we bring in the sensory tools that I talked about in last week's show. It's the oils. It's the burning of, you know, the, um, the, the incense, the frankincense. Um, it's the massage. It's the touch. It's the music you play. It's the soft furs or silks, the throws that you put down. It's the environment that you create. It's the foods that you feed each other. It's ice cubes or chocolate or champagne or oysters. It's, um, you know, fingertips in, in the mouth and, and, and roaming over the body. It's not about orgasm. He may insert 
in uh, hard and erect inside you and just hold it there for an hour and you don't even move. And then you separate and you go about your day and you're filled with sexual energy because it hasn't gone anywhere and you can channel that energy into lots of different things and then, then rejoin later for more, for a more explosive connection. Oh, wow. And still not orgasm and go away again and keep building that up and up and up and up and see how far you can take it. And then when you get into really advanced sexual ta- um, tantra, it's men holding the seed and ejaculating back inside themselves, which is what sort of the yogis and the tantra yes, masters do. Yes, I've heard do. about this. Incredible, incredible control over the body. Now, this, this is not necessary for your healthy everyday at home in suburban mom and pop sex lives. Like, you know, but it's interesting to know how far the body can go and how much it's capable of. I love that you've shared this though, because this is giving, um, this is giving everybody a wide range of different things that they can explore I to make their sex lives open their brains more, a bit. <laughs> more fulfilling yes. and to become more compatible with each other. And I feel I, I really want to talk about pornography, but I feel after you've just given such a beautiful no, spiritual talk, but we need to talk about We need about to this. talk about pornography. And actually, before you do, because I was researching this for something I was writing a couple of years ago. And as part of my research, in one night, I saw two shows. The first show was put on by basically 10 goddesses where they actually used real snakes they danced burlesque they danced naked they brought goddess energy to the stage they shimmied they used the ancient belly dancing movements which which we used for childbirth and lovemaking you know the pelvic squeezes all of the the tips and techniques that the woman's body can do and they did that on stage and it was magic and it was mesmerizing i got up from my chair i walked down the street and i went into a strip club and i watched the girls on stage wow isn't that different? Sexual abuse vic- victims much? I mean, it's I- incredible. Do you know I actually judged Miss World Nude to titles you? quite a few years Did ago? You, Jane? It was fascinating. Uh, yes, well, that was in my days as a choreographer and, and entertainment producer, and the world titles were actually being held in Adelaide. Mm. And so it was actually a massive the, – the girl who won was walking out an instant millionaire. Okay. Like it's big bucks, big bucks. Yeah. And I was quite fascinated and, and I've never been a prude, so I, I was up for it, absolutely. It was mindless, pathetic way of trying to seduce an audience. I was so disappointed mm. in what I saw. It, it was it's boring, it's unattached, it's plastic. It's, and, and this is no disrespect to the girls who they, no, no they make all. their livings this no, way. No, and no, it's no judgment. And I'm not, certainly not even going into prostitution. And there's, there's so many layers to this stuff, and I respect that. But what I'm almost talking about is from the men's point of view, we're almost ripping them off. If we think yes. that what they need is just some boozies bouncing around in front of their eyes with nipple tassels on or, or some body, a lap dance. body shimmer rubbed up the thighs, do you know what? They're not getting a heart connection from that either. But if you send a goddess out in front of them, communicating with her eyes and her energy and the whole, you don't get to see it all, but you get to see some and just the magic of the unfolding of the rose. Oh, they're in your hand. <laughs> Absolutely. That was what I, that was what I witnessed was that it was a harsh energy. And it was not long after that, that, um, uh, I, cause I spent a, as I was moving into working with single people, I was also still doing a bit of choreography. So it wasn't long after that that I had a client that came to me who was into S&M. And it was stopping him from actually having a functioning relationship because he couldn't find a partner that was into it that he also had a heartfelt, loving connection with. And if, as I explored this deeper with him, now this, I'm just putting this out there because I've not done a lot of work in this field. But I started to sense that all of his senses had numbed out. It was like that he had desensitized on everything. 
So the sexual games got harder, mm. harsher. He needed stronger, extreme pain to be able to extreme pain yeah. to be able to achieve. And and it was like he kept saying he had to keep going further and further and further. And it was doing dungeon work and and it was like he'd lost his senses. It was like But it seems to me like a teenager who's looking for mum and dad to give them more and more boundaries. How far can I go and get away with that? How far can I go? How far can I go? Almost until he, he's looking to hit something, and he, and again because he's missing something in the inner core. I'm not. This is nothing that's S and M. No, no, we're not talking about S and M being a problem or nothing like that. But his all strippers, no, 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 prostitutes. What he's bringing to this game emotionally because he's searching, searching, yes. searching, and he's not getting somewhere yes. internally. That's right, and he wanted, he wants a loving. He's still struggling, unfortunately. He wants a loving relationship. And it's just not happening. Who knows, Jane? Because he could even find, if and when he gets there, S and M won't even be needed. You know, you never know. Well, that's what I've suggested to him, but he's too scared to even go. He there. can't see it. He's not at that level yet. And that, and this has been like six or seven years now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I have faith that he will get there um, one day. So pornography, which is where 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 we're coming around to. Okay. So and Steve, what's his name? Who that writes the amazing books about kids? I've forgotten. Sorry, it's bit bit off. Yeah, that's him. Thanks, Jane. <laughs> and he he writes extensively about porn with males. Um, and the fact that oh look, all kids are going to see. Everyone sees porn, and some of us do see it more than others. Some of us go seeking it in large amounts at very young ages. And the problem with that is once you've what's seen cannot be unseen. And often images will get into your head that can't be, you know, they can't be taken out again. And some of them are pretty out there, especially for a 12-year-old, a 9-year-old, 11-year-old boy to, to look at or a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I mean, look, I know we've talked on podcasts about the responsibility of parents in this area with net nannying, with having one computer in the household, in the living room that everyone can see what's on the screen at any given time. I know Jane's going to say kids have got phones. I don't know what the answers are here, but this is where parents need to communicate. However, Steve Bidoff goes deeper and talks about the young males who spend lots of time actually bringing themselves into a bubble and and actually becoming antisocial and and having all these virtual cyber girlfriends and porn blogs or whatever that they're following that they're watching all the time and i know this doesn't sound like rocket science but they really do forget how to react to the opposite gender they have no they are so terrified of actual women they can't even there's no eye contact they can't even string three words together in the presence of a female classmate or and you know this is a problem because 50 percent of what's out there is going to be vaginas walking around the other 50s penises so we've got to learn to get along with the opposite gender so we need to be very careful about the damaging effects of porn not just socially and not just how it trickles into our brains but of course the objectification of women the way that bodies and men though i mean the men are just as mindless in their so-called performance they are they are. There so is a, people. There is a website which I cannot think of the name, but it's basically taking the power back into the hands of, this is mainly women, who take their own sexual photographs in which they feel beautiful and they feel powerful and they do sexy, sexy things in their own private time and take photos of them and upload them on this site. And the difference in not only the shots themselves, but the energy and the creativity and art in these shots compared to just normal porn, is amazing. It is just it's fantastic. Amazing. Look, I've got something we need to wind this up soon, but I'm, and so I'm jumping a little off the topic of 
flow of our conversation. Yes. That one of the things I do need to put out there, and I don't have the name of this website. I'm going to get it, and I'll make sure it's on our uh, Facebook page. There is an abundance of men that tell me that they know that they don't have the technique to be able to please a woman, and they just want the basics. And there is this wonderful guy, and I just can't think of his name, who runs a website that you, it's you pay a membership to get into watch the YouTube clips, and he actually takes men through the art of how to give a woman an orgasm. And it's taught beautifully and responsibly. He uses a, a rubber um from the waist down kind of model and it sounds cold and calculated but this is the sort of practical information that some men want that if if that can help them to build their confidence to be able to be a little bit more pleasing to a partner it'll open the conversations of what pleases each other of having the heartfelt connection of sharing of the vulnerability and achieving a greater sex life yes i think we're talking about this forever we have to wrap up i was just going to say does anyone actually know what a clitoris looks like for real because they've only recently in the last few years released a proper image of what it, what it looks like internally. So the little knob at the front is just the tip of the iceberg. Yes, they're very long. Aren't they about and, like eight inches long? And they or wrap all the way around the vaginal canal and all the way back in inside the woman's body. And that's why you, they are actually saying vaginal orgasm isn't a separate thing from clitoral orgasm. It's, it's the clitoris um, stimulating the whole vaginal. T- anyway, oh, we could talk about this forever. <laughs> It's good information. It's good to know. It's good information. It's good to know. Okay, so we are Love Life and I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. We are your weekly love, sex and relationship show. You can follow um, the conversation on afterwards on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash love hyphen life, or of course on the wellnesscouch.com love hyphen life. I'm sorry, our Facebook page is actually facebook.com forward slash love life show. I knew that. (laughs) What what Jane said. And we'll be here next week with more love, sex and relationships for you. Have a fabulous week. Bye. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.